Hello, beautiful souls. This is the episode where we get to dive in and listen to Erin West's story on how she connects with her human design and how it gave her that insight to move towards what she's currently doing. She is a mental projector, and as we go deeper into this podcast, you may connect some dots as far as why she is so into bringing this numbers, right, conceptualization of numbers out into the world, and then through her own personal experiences, why it's so important for her to be able to support women in this. I hope that you take away some keynotes. And again, Erin West is the creator of Humans Who Trade. There is a coupon code for you in the show notes. It is PROVOKE, all capital. If you choose to go in and start to learn from her in how to learn to love numbers and how to create another income stream for yourself in a way that you may have never thought was possible. So let's dive in. Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 manager who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. We are back with Erin West to go into her human design chart. And as a little bit of a difference, we're going to go into some of the gene keys and the prosperity aspects as well, because I felt like there was something there that I wanted to kind of connect with. So Erin, first, I would love to ask you, what is it that you know about human design and how have you brought it into your life so far? Mm, Yes. So my first encounter with human design was right in that period that I talked about on the last episode, this sort of um, transition period, to put it lightly. And somehow, I can't even remember now how I came across human design, but somehow I found out that I was a projector. And somehow I had gotten in touch with a woman who was a projector specialist in Eugene, Oregon. And she was sort of an amazing older hippie archetype and just did projector work. And she, I connected with her while I was in Mexico and she did a reading for me and it was so new and it was so much that I didn't remember many details, but what I really felt at the end of it, which I now know, I guess a lot of people have this experience when they finally understand their human design type is that I finally felt 
understood, like validated in terms of like what my experience in the world had been. And prior to human design, my reading was of course, a shame-based reading. It was what is wrong with me such that I cannot fit into this model that we are shown in this world, right? Which felt to me, my experience was just keep on working, right? Keep going, keep going. Why was I always exhausted beyond Right. And so what that was what stuck out to me is that my energy works in a different way. And that actually was very pivotal in that whole time of understanding that, like, oh, I need to craft a life that is aligned with my particular energetic needs. So it was huge. Mm hmm. Yeah. And you're very open. So Aaron is a mental projector, which is really, it's pretty rare. Honestly, you have all open centers except for the head and the Ajna, which are defined. So, so what that means is there's the consistency of energy in the head and the Ajna that you put out into the world. And then everything else you receive this energy and amplify it. So there's a lot up in the head. So when we discussed previously, it made sense to me that you always were words and reading and numbers and all of those things. So you were aligned anyway, but I love that you realized then that it was actually, you're not really here to work nine to five, that you're actually here to have more time and space. And as a six, two, what that means is there's a time of hermiting alone time being by yourself. And then the six, which is the role model phase, which in the beginning, up until the Saturn return, which is 28 to 32, it's all about trial and error. So you're experiencing life, you're living life, you're doing all the things. And now you're in the phase of, it's called up on the roof, where you're kind of healing, reflecting, seeing what makes sense to you, making sense of your life, letting go of conditioning, all that fun stuff. And then you raise up into this role model phase. How do you feel about those three phases? Does that make sense to you? And does it feel right to you? So it was trial and error, rooftop and role model. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I would say that that's very accurate, right? I felt like, you know, there's that Jung quote that says something to the effect of the first 40 years of your life are just preparation to start living or something like that. And it does feel like that those first four decades were all about um, trial and error, living different kinds of lives because I lived a lot of different kinds of lives. And then the last, the last phase has really been this bird's eye view of like, okay, how do I, how do I process all of this? Right. How do I put all of these pieces together? And, and then I feel myself moving into that phase of, I guess, role model. Um, I guess I would characterize it more as like a teacher, but that's how it feels to me or a steward or something like that. But I think the facts speak for themselves that appears to be happening. So there seems to be something to that. Yeah. And it is line six is all about the teacher aspect and the gene keys. So it is, it's the teacher. And I'm wondering too about the head and Ajna. So you mentioned that your master or your class is ever evolving, right? And it's through connecting with people and learning about people and bringing people in, plus your own um, experience of speaking with everyone. Because as a mental projector, it's very important for you to speak everything out for yourself to become clear. Yes. So 
Yeah. So, uh, well, there's a smile there. So I'd love for you to just tune in on that and express what's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's so interesting. Human design has been so helpful, helpful for me here too, because I'll see some people and they just like, they know they just have a decision right then. Like my partner is, um, has sacral authority and he just like knows things. It's just like a clear yes, no. And I sort of look at this and marvel because that is not my experience and it never has been right. Like I will speak to him or speak to my mom or speak to friends. And it's funny. I'm never asking for people's opinions, right? I just need to, it's, I, I always come to my own solution, but I need to have that cycle of speaking it out loud and almost like hearing myself audibly, right? It's hard for me to like hear myself just in my head. And so it's, it's true. We joke about it a lot that, you know, I, she's very patient and I just, I speak it out until I'm, I'm complete. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's like, you have to, it kind of is like, you have to clear out all the thoughts and ideas in your head to find that one thing that, Oh, this makes sense. And you don't need anyone to say yes or no. You just need to clear it out yourself and make that decision. So I love that you're aware of that. Yeah. Um, so accurate. And then I was also wondering too, because as a projector, a projector is basically, I like to say because of all the open areas in your chart, if you think you take in all the energy in all those open areas, so you're taking in everyone else's energy, you're really embodying everybody else. But within your mind and your Ajna, your head and Ajna, that's where you have consistency. So I'm wondering, do you feel at times a disconnect from the mind and Ajna and head and the body? I mean, for 40 years, yes. I, I, it's so great to see this. I think that so many people have these aha moments with human design, but, but yeah, I mean, that was the only thing, thing I felt like I could hold on to, right. Was whatever was going on in my head. It felt like you said, so certain and clear and for various reasons, but my way of being in the world is that I just dissociated, right. I was so capable and comfortable being up there and it was so much looking back now to be receiving energetically so much just passing through below my head that I often just had to shut it off. And so, so much of my work in recent years has been, you know, how do I calibrate that? Like, how do I work with what is coming through? When can I say, no, I'm good. Like, how do I work with that? Because it, I take in so much for my environment, like, like so much. I am so sensitive to other people's energies, to the, in the physical environment, to spaces, to landscapes. Um, and I always have been, and I always felt like there's something wrong with me because of it. Um, mm -hmm. and so then I would just retreat to my head and like read more books or, you know, do more visualizations or whatever. <laughs> that was my place I retreated to. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, because there's consistency there. So you felt like there's consistency in the head and the Ajna. Yeah. Yeah. And I did mention on the other podcast that you have embodiment in your chart. And you were like, hmm, because you're so yeah. open. So I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. 
The gate 46. Okay. The the gate 46, which is in your G center is the only gate defined in your G center. And it's in Mercury. So we have it here in Mercury and we also have it in Saturn on the conscious side. So with these two planets activated in this gate, there is embodiment because this gate is actually all about the physical body. It's all about being in the physical body, loving the physical body, being alive on the physical form. So within human design, there's always contradictions. They are always things that kind of fight against each other, right? But you do have this consciousness of the 46, which is Mercury is about what you're here to communicate about. So sharing those stories of feeling the disconnect, being Mm. too much in the head, not having that connection to yourself is actually part of really what you're here to express and share. And it's actually your lesson because it's in your Saturn. So learning about, okay, I am all up in the head, but how can I also be in the physical form and embody and be on this physical life? Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is really fascinating. Okay. And so it's interesting. Is there a distinction either in my chart or in human design? Because I have this experience of, I've always liked to use my body in like a very physical, visceral way. Meaning I've always been very active. I've always liked really vigorous physical activity. That's always felt very good to me. But then there's this other way that I spoke of earlier where there's this energetic effect. Maybe it's affecting my energetic body of just being around other people that feels um, it can get very heavy and taxing very fast. Whereas I can do a lot of vigorous physical activity myself and be energized. And yet I'm physically affected by other people's energy or spaces a lot too. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And the other people's spaces, you do take in all of that energy of other people. So yes, you're going to be affected. It's knowing which is your energy, which is not being in your own space. The 46 is about embodiment and, but it's more so about being within the body and knowing when you're in the body rather than taking in other people's energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because as a projector, let's say, of course, you can be very energetic. You can be very um, productive because you take in that work and life force. But that isn't all of your energy. It's like, okay, I'll use this now. Then I need to let this go so I can rest. And then how do I embody myself and speak about my experiences of embodiment? I love that, especially that aspect of, you know, sharing and teaching that. That is not something that I had expressly understood. And yet I do it a lot in my class, right? Talking about my own experiences. uh, It's less profitable when you're disconnected from your body and you're trading, right? And and trading is just one example. I would argue that that's most often the case anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I hadn't really considered that in that way. Good, good. I always love when there's little ahas. Yeah. (laughs) The next thing I wanted to ask you is, and just speaking with you, first of all, there's a couple of things that showed up. The 57 you have in your Pluto, which is all about intuition instinct. And that's really what you're here to, it's like where the biggest growth is for you is Mm -hmm. in your Pluto. 
And you have that in the line five, which is like the visionary practical, as well as that role model teacher phase. So Pluto with the 57, I was going to ask you how intuitive do you feel like you are and how much do you trust that intuition? And when did that start happening? That's a really interesting question. Um, I think I am very intuitive. I receive a lot of information all the time, whether it's from my deep self, self or elsewhere. So there's a lot of that. But the second part of what you said is more the challenge. It's the acting on that and the trusting it because there's a conflict between all of the intellect, which has really been my safe place, what I both in the egoic way and in the human design energetic way, that has been the safe place versus the trust and safety in the intuitive, right? And so that is definitely a growth edge for me right now. It's like, I feel this, it's very clear, it's very loud, but like, do I trust it? Do I act on it? Like, could I, could I find a research paper that's, you know, with great citations that says that, then I'd probably do it. But that is a growth edge for me right now, for sure. Oh, and that's interesting too, because the 43, I wanted to mention the 43 is in your Uranus. So you'll notice it's in the 43.4. It's down here, the 43. Mm -hmm. both on the conscious and unconscious. So this actually represents the time up at 40. It used to be midlife crisis, but now it's shifted because it's no longer midlife, right? But this is really where you're different. And it is about, I took a note here, so I'm going to read it. Um, it's about trusting in divine timing and your inner knowing and Doing this when you tap into new knowledge, understandings, and insights that expand people's understanding of the world. Mm. Wow. Trusting in divine timing in uh -huh, when there's new insight. And that that is definitely my growth edge. And, um, you know, the first time that that this were, I mean, for me, I think of faith, right? When I think of faith is like knowing something good will come, um, even if we don't know when or by what means. And that had felt like such a dirty word to me. I was not raised religiously, but I had all these connotations with faith and, re and institutionalized religion. And I had just so much of a response and activation to it. And around, you know, 40 was when all of this happened is that that is when I felt like I really had to just surrender to faith. Like there was so all, everything I had to hold on to was gone by my own choosing, but somehow it was. And so I, it was sort of this place when I thought, well, what else do I have? My only option is to have faith. And that was my first foray with, with faith or concepts of divine timing. Mm -hmm. And always knowing that I always feel like we talked about the shadow work. Shadow work, I love to say we get to dance with the shadows. And the shadows, once you learn to embrace and love your shadows, that's where the fun begins. Because you get to notice when they're showing up. And usually when they show up, it means there's going to be growth. That's what it means. So if the yeah. shadows are not showing up, you are not growing. Mm. Right? I so agree with that. And I so would have pushed against that 
five or 10 years ago, right? I just wanted it all to be neat and tidy and light above the surface. And the more that I have gone into the shadows and the more that I can just, I love how you say dance with the shadows, like sit with it. It's so uncomfortable. And every time something that I never expected and that has been so revelatory and powerful has come out of it. I have become more me every time I can sit in the shadows. And that is one of the things that I love about trading is because it is a repetition at being with the shadows. There is loss. There is sitting with discomfort. There is all of that. And every time it's like an accelerated cycle and I can engage when I want, right? I don't have to trade all the time, but that every time I get more comfortable with, oh, there it is again. Oh, this is just discomfort. Oh, this is just loss. I'm okay. Right. I knew how much it would be. It's not a surprise. Right. I didn't follow my own method the time I spoke of in the other episode. But when I follow my method, I know exactly how much I'll lose and it's never more than I can handle. So it's it's sort of regulated, right? Shadow work. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love that. The repetition and you're kind of like dancing with the shadows. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And the 57 too is in the spleen, and that is the fears are in the spleen spleen. The 57 is really the fear of the future. So dancing with that fear of the future, dancing with the 28, which is purposelessness, dancing with not having that purpose, not having that, that fear of that future, you get to kind of like, I can just envision like the dancing with it. And it makes it kind of fun, at least for me. But I think that might be because we both have the 28 and we both like challenge. Yes. <laughs> Challenges are good. <laughs> that is true. I love challenge, but that this is so fascinating because I've had several human design readings, but like none of this has, a lot of this has not come up. And, you know, so how does that fear of the future play in? Because I've always been so future focused and so much of my work recently is dropping into the future and then dropping into the now, right? Like that dance. And so it's interesting that you're saying it's in my chart because I've always been so focused on the future. So it's in Pluto 57. That's the future, the fear of the future. So maybe you've just been teasing it because the provocation, Mm -hmm. which is in your Mercury and the unconscious. So you're, kind of working with the future because of that awareness of the fear. Mm-hmm. Wow. Otherwise it may have not been in your, in your awareness to work in the future and then come back and then work. So it's kind of like you're either dipping your toe into it or, or dancing with yeah. it. Yeah. That oh, that's so accurate. <laughs> Scary. I love accurate. that because and it's and that means that you're aligned and you understand this about yourself. That's the thing with human design. A lot of the time you get to recognize the fact that I'm already in alignment. It's just how can I be more bold in this now? Now that I know that I'm really in a generational manner, as far as Pluto, I'm really here to transform and expand the sphere of the future. How can I step more boldly into that with fun, acceptance? curiosity. Mm-hmm. Right. That is something to sit with and just kind of let that wash over me. That is, that's a thought. <laughs> that's yeah. Powerful. And you know, that's what, after going to my chart, I've gone deeper. I'm, I'm here really to provoke 
the shadow work. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want it. They don't, they're too scared. Yeah. They want it easy, right? Well, it is hard, but do you, you might know this, but I love um, in Taoism, they say, if you go far enough into the dark, you'll always find the light. And it is through the suffering. Yeah. And I just think as a culture and I get it because it's hard, but we want to do everything we can to sidestep that path back to ourselves. But so far, my own data is such that that's the only way Mm -hmm. is through the shadows, but it's not for everyone. Also, like you said, it's not for everyone, but I just find that it's so rewarding and so uncomfortable. And yet I would not ever stop doing it. (laughs) Right. I totally get that. So many tensions. I also wanted to ask you about, um, how do you feel about the gate 39, which is in your mercury, the unconscious it's provocation. It's one of my gates that I hated for so long, but now it's my favorite. It's actually about provoking, provoking people into change. How do you resonate with that? I think I'm at the front end of that. I think that in before times that would have been incredibly activating on a nervous system level. That would have been scary, right? Because I had such an aversion to con uh, conflict. I had had a really traumatic um, accident as a child that I almost lost my voice. And the doctor told me, you need to be really careful with your voice. And then I had a incredibly traumatizing mean girls experience in middle school. And I never spoke after that in class all the way through high school, college, law school, even working, practicing law at the firm, I never, ever spoke in a committee meeting. And so using my voice to provoke felt absolutely debilitating. And yet through this shadow work, through this being in the muck and the goo, I'm I'm starting to feel safety around that. And I'm starting to feel these like deeper pushes to provoke and to say what I see happening in a larger, you know, macro way. So mm-hmm. I think I'm at the front edge of that. So, so that is in there in the, tell me again, the, how does it present? It is the 39, uh-huh. 39.3 in the unconscious mercury. So mercury is really uh, the first layer of what you're here to speak about, what you're here to bring out into the world. So for you, it's the embodiment, the embodiment, as well as provoking people into change and frequency and it this can be scary especially on unconscious level because like you mentioned there were certain instances in your life that made you hold back from speaking about this because of maybe retaliation or not wanting to have to defend or explain but that is part of what you're here to speak about and it's learning to embrace the fact that when you do provoke people and they do lash out because they will, it's not about you personally. It's about them not being in your frequency. Yep. And I think it's so good to hear that again. I think I um, know that in an intellectual way now, and I'm trying to integrate that into my nervous system. Um, And so that that's where the work is for me right now, but you're right, right? It's, it becomes more and more this feeling of 
I just have to do it. It's actually not about others, right? I have, this just has to come up and be spoken. It almost feels like a poison to just let it, you know, to sit inside. So that's a great, that's great to hear. So you mentioned, it almost feel like a stirring, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like there's a stirring. And that is because this is something that is really part of you. Mm-hmm. And what's happened because of the past You've kind of shut down your voice in this way. So there's conditioning based on this, which I want to just touch on quickly with the 26, because the 26 you have in your unconscious earth. So this is what keeps you grounded so that you kind of you step into this energy that you're here to be. So the 26 is all integrity um, as far as like body integrity, voice integrity, resource integrity, all of the integrities. And you also have it in Neptune, which is, um, it's your, it's your spiritual connection, what you're here to bring out spiritually and learn spiritually. Mm -hmm. So for you to decondition, to heal on a spiritual level, which is what you talked about earlier on the other podcast, there's a lot of maybe tuning into the gate 26, which is the integrity of the voice the integrity of sleeping and the resource energy and all that that you're doing, but also being able to express your voice and be able to provoke and have the awareness that if there's people lashing out, it's because you're stretching people. Mm -hmm. So as far as deconditioning, I put that note in there as far as healing the traumas, because that's actually your spiritual work. The voice, mm-hmm. especially with your head in Ajna and clarity speaking so much with the voice. Mm, of course, it would be with the voice. <laughs> of course, healing the traumas. Of course, that's the work. Um, that's fascinating. So could you say a little more when you're using integrity in these ways? Can you say a little more about what that means to you or what that means in human design in this way? Mm-hmm. So integrity is the integrity as far as your own self, taking care of your own body, your physical embodiment, mm-hmm. your energetic integrity, giving and receiving an integrity voice, using your voice in your true, authentic way without worrying about what people say, people do, mm-hmm. people react, resource integrity, which is what you're doing. Because of the 45 also, you also have the distribution. So the resource integrity as far as helping people with resources, Mm. emotional integrity, like how are your emotions? Are you experiencing your emotions when you're high and low, which you talked about? So you do that. So I feel like you're doing Mm -hmm. all of this. And the one to focus on is the voice. Mm -hmm. Of course. You know, it's the things we already know, but I don't know if this is a projector thing or just wherever it comes from, but it's, I find myself so often hearing it either when I speak it out loud or when it's reflected back to me, right? It, it, um, it becomes clear, sort of crystallizes. Mm -hmm. So when I ask you, do you feel like there's deconditioning and healing with the voice that can still happen? Oh yeah. 
I mean, this is a, a absolutely still a work in process, you know, and I can feel I'm a conscious of it. Right. So I will titrate just like I encourage my students to do, right. Don't do a huge trade. And then your nervous system goes in freeze. Right. So like, what are the ways that I can just push right to the edge and then give myself a little reprieve? Can I, can I, can I do a, you know, provoking post, right. Where I'm really pushing the edges of using my voice. And then can I do some not dangerous ones for a few posts, right? Like I don't, I don't have to continue to push myself to a place where I then go into freeze and, and can't use my voice at all for three months. So that's where where I am with it right now is that I'm very aware that that is the edge for me. And I have the knowing that that's my work. And like you said, I'm working with the traumas or the the deconditioning, Mm -hmm. you know, the both and. Yes. Yes. And there's so many layers too, because you could even look into the astrology aspects, like what, what, what um type is it in you know because mm-hmm. let's say the voice the 39 let's say is in aries or something like that so it's more about individual self so there's like many layers even going into that okay but, um love to just invite you to you know i went to that retreat yeah. with voice because i've been working on voice and i didn't even click in my mind that this was voice and i was like oh my gosh but even starting to chant or sing mm. out loud, that's using the voice. That's opening up. Mm. That's that feels so timely because I had, you know, known about that retreat that you went to and was really called to it and drawn to it. And it was a sort of expansion, like I want to do that. But then it was like, oh, voice right? Voice in a way that I hadn't previously used it. And I was actually at a retreat this last weekend and there was so much singing and I found myself actually really sinking into that by the end and just feeling how good it felt to use it more in a louder way. And even in fact, the facilitator was encouraging us to open our mouths wider as we sang. And I noticed the discomfort there. Right. I noticed that that was beyond how wide I normally open my mouth. And so I think you're right on. I think that is a place to go. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, people come into our lives for a reason. Always. There's always a connection. Yes. So I just love that. I love that. Are there any questions that you wanted to ask or a question that you wanted to ask before we close? Or maybe an aha that you want to share? No, I mean, the the classic for me, it's the classic human design experience of just like crystallizing things that I have experienced, but maybe not articulated to myself. But the one thing that comes up, and I think this is really basic, um, maybe, maybe it's too basic even for your audience, but could you just talk about the difference between the head and the Ajna, how those <laughs> function in human design? Yeah, definitely. And then I forgot to, I want to poke in that little bit of the prosperity for you as far as the line. Um, The head is all about ideas, inspirations. Since you have it defined, you have all the ideas and inspirations in the head, but you're actually here to put them out into the world. They're not all for you. Mm. Whereas if a person had an open they receive all the ideas and inspirations from everyone else. 
and they're not all for us. It's tuning into strategy for you. It'd be talking it out, having a soundboard, letting someone know, Hey, I'm going to speak. I don't want you to tell me what to do. I don't want any answers. I don't want any feedback. Just let me talk. So you have lots of ideas that you put out into the world. So you actually give people ideas, inspirations. Mm. Okay. Ajna is beliefs. It's all about beliefs, conceptualization. You put that out into the world, which is exactly what you're doing. Hey, that's so helpful. Okay. Thank That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. That's why when we spoke last time, I was like, oh, you're, you're like, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing it. (laughs) Good. (laughs) You're doing it. I'm glad to hear that. Just think of, um, the colored in areas are where you have energy that you put out into the world. The white areas are where you receive energy. So you're receiving a lot. A lot. So it's, <laughs> yes. So it's like okay. tuning in to your speaking about things, clarity that helps you find your authority so that you know what is correct for you. Mm, that's really helpful. Wow. Awesome. And then I wanted to go on here and I'll just show you really quick. Did I have that open here? So briefly, this is your, and for those that you cannot see, I'm showing her Jinkies chart. I wanted to just go into the pearl because the pearl in the Jinkies is about prosperity and it's how you experience prosperity. So each of us experience prosperity success in parentheses, which you put in your notes about success, right? We each experience this differently. And so many of us are conditioned to believe that success is numbers or a certain thing that we're told. But really, it's about the feeling that we experience. So for you, your pearl is 47.4. So this is what you connect with for prosperity. You connect with prosperity moving from oppression, like right, to transmutation, to transfiguration. The oppression is the shadow. The transmutation is the gift that you bring the world. And the transfiguration is the city, which you receive bits and pieces of, which is what you're doing for women. Wow. And it's in the line four. I have the line four too. So this is close to my heart. Line four is all about love, humanity, and service uh, for charity, for service, to connect for humanity as a whole. You do this oppression to transmutation to transfiguration for the love of humanity. And for you, that's where prosperity lives. So when you're feeling that and you're drawing that in, then you'll attract all of whatever you need which is exactly, I feel what you're doing. Yeah, that's just so accurate because obviously I could have just kept trading, right? I didn't need to teach. And then I taught on a lark for my friends. And then as I told you, I was like, exactly like you're describing, it sort of gripped me. And I have to be honest, it gets me up in the morning. Like I just, I think about the women. Like it just, it is this deep drive inside of me. And it's like, I want to tell women all of this that they feel about money. And I see so many of us carrying it and thinking like, what is wrong with me? Why do I have these bad money beliefs? Why can't I get by these money beliefs and all of this? 
And it's so clear to me, like, it's not ours, right? I have to show and tell people both by sharing a skill, but also lifting the veil and saying women in this country could not get a business loan without a male familial cosigner until 1988. You could not get a credit card in this country without a male cosigner until 1974. Like we, this is so near to us, our lack of access to money, our lack of time to practice having money, to practice investing and having it alchemically grow without effort. Like the the men, I'm not a man hater. It's just factual. The laws, the regulations, the institutions, they have had between two and 10,000 years of a head start. Like we cannot carry this as our own. And that is just like so clear inside of me. And I just want to shout it out to the world. Well, you just did (laughs) because that, and I love that because that passion, that's that charity, that passion, that, that oppression to transmutation, that's what drives you. And people that are just listening, we've experienced the change in the frequency of the way that you were talking. Mm. That's Mm. your prosperity. That's why you do the things that you do. Yeah. And you know, the word prosperity is accurate because I feel infinitely rich when I'm in that frequency of conveying that to other women. Like it, it's not, money is not the immediate motivator. It is just conveying that frequency. That feels like the ultimate richness. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of the Gene Keys with the Pearl, because it really goes into the human design aspects. I feel like are, it's the tangible, you get to see, you, you get to see the energetics, you get to see the things. And then the Gene Keys aspects, you actually go deeper into the cellular level where that passion and they open up and it's just there. Um, so I love that we got to experience that. So thank you for doing yeah, that. Thank thanks you for, for the opportunity. <laughs> You're very welcome. So again, I will put all your information in the show notes. I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad for our connection. And again, is there any last words or insights that you'd love to share with everyone that's listening? I think it's just that whatever stickiness you feel around money, it is not yours, right? It did not begin with you and it is not yours. And that if you are compelled to trade, it is 100% learnable and doable, no matter what you've been told about that. But regardless, just about the money stuff, it's not yours, right? It's not your shame to carry. And you can transmute it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, transmute. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Thank you mm-hmm. for your connection. So grateful. And for everyone that's listening, love you. And until next time. Bye. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. 
And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.